Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Ultimately, Joshua would lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. Verse 22, so Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Eliezer, the priests, and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the people, just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. So here's Moses, no resentment, no bitterness, none of that. He cared for the nation of Israel. The baton needs to be passed, and so he graciously is willing to step aside. Unfortunately, you don't have to look very hard to find leaders whose entire focus in their role is cementing their own power, position, and wealth. Many have stepped on others and backstabbed to get where they are, and their master is their own will and success. They may drive nice cars and live in beautiful houses and look like the image of success, but as we'll be reminded in today's message from Pastor James, that isn't success in the kingdom of God. Serving God and serving others first is how you succeed in the kingdom. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Numbers, chapter 27, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Multiple times they, they threatened to take Moses' life. And his response to being reminded by God, you're going to die, and you don't get to go into the promised land, and here's why. His response is, please provide them a leader. Not like, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. He knew he misrepresented the holiness of God. But his heart was for the people. His heart was for the people. And so it's just a beautiful little like picture that kind of gets painted for us concerning the character of Moses. An amazing guy, truly an amazing man. The Lord replies, because he already has a solution, right? He already has solutions to all of our problems and questions and all that, okay? The Lord replies, take Joseph, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. Present him to Eliezer, the priest, before the whole community, and publicly commission him to lead the people. This is the transfer of leadership here, okay? So he's gonna, he's going to basically pass the baton on to Joshua, who's been really his shadow for the past 40 years. Really. I mean, Joshua has been right there with Moses every step of the way. Every step of the way. So it just makes sense that he would be the next leader. So he's gonna, he's gonna ordain him, so to speak, in front of the whole congregation. Verse 20, it says, transfer some of your authority to him so the whole community of Israel will obey him. When, uh, when direction from the Lord is needed, Joshua will stand before Eliezer, the priest, who will use the Urim, which is part of the, the vest that he had as a high priest, one of the sacred lots cast before the Lord to determine his will. This is how Joshua and the rest of the community of Israel will determine everything they should do. So Joshua is going to be the next leader, but he's not going to carry the same authority that Moses had. Because Moses was, you know, well, Moses is a part of the Levites. Joshua is not, right? And so Moses had this authority like he heard from the Lord and he communicated that out to the people and that was, the set, that was the whole system then. But now you have Joshua and a setup that the Lord wants now is Joshua, concerning civil matters, you're the leader. 
concerning like religious matters, you need to go to Eliezer. If you know discernment for um, or priestly with his priestly authority. Okay, so it kind of shared the load a little bit, but it also communicates to the people that yeah we we need to listen to Joshua just concerning all like civil things and his direction, and he's our general now. And then Eliezer, as the high priest, is going to lead us religiously, so to speak. So it's really kind of a cool thing that it's not just Joshua being elevated, but it's also the high priest being elevated. Because the high priest somewhat, not I mean, to a certain extent, has been in the shadows of Moses the whole time. So even if it was Aaron, it still was like, yeah, but Moses is the guy, right? So, um, so now you've got Joshua's determined as a leader, Eliezer's determined as a leader, and ultimately, Joshua would lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. Verse 22, so Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Eliezer, the priests, and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the people, just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. So here's Moses, no resentment, no bitterness, none of that. He cared for the nation of Israel. The baton needs to be passed, and so he graciously is willing to step aside. Now, there's other stories that are going to happen before this completely takes, you know, uh, takes hold as far as Joshua's leadership. But the Lord is just setting his people up to let them know Joshua's the man. And then you get into uh, what we're going to cruise through real fast is offerings. Why we're cruising through this real fast is because, like I said, we went into these in pretty extreme detail in the book of Leviticus, uh, which is Leviticus chapter 23. Just a reminder, or you want to go back to our Leviticus series, you can, um, you can listen through it on that. But this is a reminder for a new generation about to go into the promised land. Here are the offerings that need to be made. Okay, So daily offerings. Um, and as I read through these, what I would ask you to do is just put within the back of your mind how amazing Jesus is. <laughs> the one sacrifice, the one sacrifice that we all need, um, which is just a beautiful thing. Now, there's a lot of practical application within each of these things and all, and all of that, but ultimately, we lean on, we rely on one sacrifice that was made, and it's Jesus, okay? So verse 1 to 28, it says, the Lord said to Moses, give these instructions to the people of Israel. The offerings you present as, a, as special gifts are, pleasing, are uh, a pleasing aroma to me. They are my food. So it's like God's like taking them in. He's taking, it creates this really cool image of like when you offer something up to, to the Lord, there's this communion that takes place. So it's not just like he sees it and is like, oh, that's cool. I'll stick it on my fridge, right? Like we do with kids' art, right? We're like, yeah, that's nice. I'll stick it on the fridge. Even though it may not be the best thing, I'm proud of you. It goes on the fridge, right? No, this is like our offerings to the Lord are taken in by him. They're taken in. They're received by him. It's beautiful. He says, see to it that they are brought at the appointed times and are offered according to my instructions. Here's the other thing. Concerning offerings, concerning worship and all that, God is a God of order. And he's a God of instruction. And he's not a God of chaos. And, and he, he, he wants us to know this is an appropriate way to worship me. It's really cool how he does that. So he lets us know, hey, if you're going to bring me offerings, and specifically for the children of Israel, if you're going to bring me offerings, this is how I want it to go. This is what I'm worthy of. I mean, I can't just bring whatever I want whenever I want. Well, kind of, but no. Um, yes and no. 
There's, there's plenty of uh, allowances for free will offerings, but concerning specific offerings, there's a time and there's a place for it. So, verse 3, say to the people, this special gift you must present to the Lord as your daily burnt offering. You must offer one, or I'm sorry, two one-year-old male lambs with no defects. Sacrifice one lamb in the morning and the other in the evening. With each lamb, you must offer a grain offering of two quarts of choice flour mixed with one quart of pure olive uh, of pressed olives. New Living Translation gives us the, uh, the uh, English measurements. So you're, if yours is not, you're thinking like, what's, I don't know what this is. Um, I, I'm reading to you what it is, okay? Quarts is what we're talking about here. If you're wondering like, I don't know this measurement. It's cool. Two quarts of choice flour, one quart of olive oil. There you go. This is the regular burnt offering instituted at Mount Sinai as a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Along with it, you must present the proper liquid offering of one quart of alcoholic drink with each lamb. More than likely, that's probably wine is what's offered up there. With each lamb poured out in the holy place as an offering to the Lord. Offer the second lamb in the evening with the same grain offering and liquid offering. It, too, is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So here we go. That's our daily offerings. Now we get into the Sabbath offerings. On the Sabbath day, sacrifice one two-year-old male lambs, or sorry, two one-year-old male lambs uh, with no defects. They must be accompanied by grain offering of four quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil and a liquid offering. This is the burnt offering to be presented at each Sabbath day in addition to the regular burnt offering and its accompanying uh, accompanying liquid offering. So you got an additional offering for the Sabbath, right? So now you go into your monthly offerings. You're like, holy cow, this is why I said, don't you just appreciate Jesus so much? I would like, I mean, I, I would have to have some sort of planner um, because I would forget. I'd be like, oh, wait, what day is it? Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't offer my morning offering. Um, praise God that uh, for Jesus. And one sacrifice, one offering was made and just beautiful. Um, so your monthly offerings. The first day of each month, present an extra burnt offering to the Lord of two young bulls, one ram, one seven-year-old uh, male lambs, seven one-year-old male lambs. I don't know why I'm dyslexic all of a sudden. Um, seven one-year-old male lambs, all, all with no defects. These must be accompanied by grain offerings of choice moist, uh, flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts with each bull, four quarts with the ram, two quarts with each lamb. This burnt offering will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You must also present a liquid offering with each sacrifice, two quarts of wine for each bull, a third of a gallon for the ram, and one quart for each lamb. Present this monthly burnt offering on the first day of each month throughout the year. On the first day of each month, you must also offer one male goat for a sin offering to the Lord, this is in addition to the regular burnt offering and its accompanying liquid offering. So it's just building up. You're just like, I hope you have a lot of livestock. Um, <laughs> and I hope you haven't grown too attached to them because you're going to be slaughtering a lot of those guys, right? If you're, if you're keeping up, you're just like, holy cow, like I got my daily offering, then I got my Sabbath offering, then I got my monthly offerings, and then it doesn't end there. We have offerings for the Passover for when that happens, which generally happens in... Uh, in April, okay? Hebrew calendar, April is usually the first month of the year, all right? Just so we understand that. 
the 14th day of the first month, would, would, it would be April uh, is what we're talking about here. It says, you must celebrate the Lord's Passover. On the following day, the 15th uh, day of the month, a joyous seven-day festival will begin, but no bread made with yeast may be eaten. The first day of the festival will be an official day for a holy assembly, and no ordinary work may be done on that day. As a special gift, you must present a burnt offering to the Lord, two young bulls, one ram, seven one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. These will be accompanied by grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts with each bull, four quarts with the ram, two quarts with each of the seven lambs. You must also offer a male goat as a sin offering to purify yourselves and make yourselves right with the Lord. Present these offerings in addition to your regular morning burnt offering. On each of the seven days of the festival, this is how you must prepare the food offering that is presented as a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. These will be offered in addition to the regular burnt offerings and liquid offerings. The seventh day of the festival will be another official day for a holy assembly, and no ordinary work may be done on that day. So, Passover time, you got a week, you got a week of extra sacrifices. This shouldn't be seen as burdensome. This is worship to God, and this is what they had. And for them, we know that they were not exactly the best at keeping with these. Okay? They just weren't. As, as, you know, as zealous as they were concerning God and just being his chosen people, they didn't really keep up with these like they should have. Okay? But this was, this was a celebration. And that's what I love about all these offerings is that the backdrop to, to each one of these is not really, it's not duty, it's delight. It's like a celebration. Like you're going to offer something to the Lord, it should invoke some sort of celebration, right? Some sort of uh, just fun thing, so to speak. Now, there are other offerings and that may not have that you know, um, atmosphere, quote unquote, with it. But when these guys are doing this, and especially with Passover, Passover week, I mean, it's just, it's a party. It's a party. And then they're celebrating the fact that this specifically represents us being delivered from bondage. And so we should celebrate that one. As often as, as we think about it, you and I, don't, you can't make this a rule, and you shouldn't make it a rule, but it would be, import, it would be good for you on, let's say, the, year, the time frame in which you were saved, just to reflect on that. Like if you got saved, some of you know the day and the year, right? Some of you got that down. Some of us know kind of when it happened, right? So it's like, eh, it's around this time. I don't know what day it was specifically or anything like that. I just know when it happened, so for me, towards the end of July is when I naturally go back to like, this is when I got saved. This is when I surrendered to the Lord Jesus. And so it would be good for us on a yearly basis when that, that birth date, so to speak, shows up, your, you know, your second birth kind of thing, to, to reflect on that and to celebrate that. We even know some people that will go out and buy birthday cakes, right? We've done that here before. Somebody brought in a cake one time. I think it was back at the other building because their spiritual birthday fell on that Sunday. And they're like, I bought a cake, or here's a birthday cake. And we're, who, I mean, you're not going to turn down cake, right? It's, it's amazing. And we would celebrate with them. It's a good practice for you and I to, just like Passover for the Jews, for us to reflect and celebrate on the day when you were set free. So when that comes around yearly, you, you know what? Um, celebrate. Go, go to HEB. Go to Kroger's or wherever and buy yourself a little cake. Throw yourself a birthday party and just 
celebrate God and just the fact that he set you free on that day, right? Can't, I'm not going to make a rule of that, though, okay? But that's just a, I think it's a good idea, right? So you go from that one, Passover, to the offerings for the Festival of Harvest. This is later on in the year. Present a special burnt offering on that day as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of two young bulls, one ram, seven one-year-old male lambs. These will be accompanied by grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts with each bull, four with the ram, two with the seven lambs. Also offer one male goat to purify yourselves and make uh, yourselves right with the Lord. That's a sin offering. Prepare these special burnt offerings along with their liquid offerings in addition to the regular burnt offering and its accompanying grain offering. Be sure that all the animals you sacrifice have no defects, right? Give the Lord your best, okay, is what he's saying. So he's laying this out. This is for the new generation. They would already be aware of this, but it's a good reminder as they're about to go into the promised land. This is what God wants from you. This is what he expects. And uh, when April comes around, it's Passover. We're celebrating Passover. You know, when um, September, October comes around, we have a celebration then. Uh, you know, so he's just laying this out of like when these festivals come up, we party, so to speak, but in the best kind of way. It's offering to God. It's worshiping God. It's celebrating him. None of these festivals are about the people. None of them are. They're all about God and what he has done. They're all about God and what he has done. None of this is like, oh, this is just for the Jews. This is, it's all like what he has done for them, which is really kind of a cool. And that's the best way to celebrate God is to remind yourself of what he's done for you. So chapter 29, verse 1. We're going to cruise through these, uh, these festivals real fast. Celebrate the festival of trumpets each year on the first day of the appointed month in early autumn. Uh, yours may say the seventh day or seventh month, which would be in the Hebrew calendar that would be uh, September. So in early autumn, you must call an official day for a holy assembly. You may do no ordinary work. On that day, you must present a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of one bull, one ram, seven one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. They must be accompanied by grain offerings of choice flour, moistened with olive oil, six quarts for the bull, four quarts for the ram, two quarts for each of the seven lambs. In addition, you must sacrifice a male goat as a sin offering to purify yourselves, make yourselves right with the Lord. These special sacrifices are in addition to your regular monthly and daily burnt offerings. They must be given with their prescribed grain offerings and liquid offerings. These offerings are given as a special gift to the Lord, a pleasing aroma to him. What you're going to see and what you've already seen is this is like all the same stuff. You're like, yes. So yeah, there may be a lot of it, but praise God he's consistent with it, right? It's like, like, okay, so for this festival, you know, subtract the seven, you know, male lambs and add this. No, it's just, it's, here's the pattern and it's the same. Here's the pattern and it's the same which is kind of nice. So, but that's concerning uh, what you call the Festival of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah, all right? Uh, now here's for the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur. Ten days later, on the 10th day of the same month, you must call another holy assembly. On that day, the Day of Atonement, the people must go without food and must do no ordinary work. You must present a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of one young bull, seven one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects, these offerings must be accompanied by the prescribed grain offerings of choice, flour, moistened with olive oil, six quarts of choice flour with the bull, 
four quarts of choice flour with the ram, two quarts of choice flour with each of the seven lambs. You must also sacrifice one male goat for the sin offering. This is in addition to the sin offering and atonement and regular daily burnt offerings with its grain offering and their accompanying liquid offerings. All right, you are going to know this system by the end of the night. Um, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're like, oh, no, uh, uh, one bull, two rams, seven lambs. Uh, you're just going to sound like a crazy person probably for the next few days, but that's okay. Five days later, same month, this is Sukkoth. This is the festival of shelters or Sukkot, if you, uh, depending on how you, which one you go with there. This is the festival of shelters or booths. Five days later, on the 15th day of the same month, you must call in another holy assembly of all the people. You may do no ordinary work on that day. It is the beginning of the festival of shelters, a seven-day festival to the Lord. This is a seven-day celebration to the Lord, seven-day party to the Lord, okay? So again, this, this totally should dismiss any of those ideas of like, man, Christians are so boring, Right? That's what I thought before I got saved. I'm like, why in the world would I want to be a Christian? Like, this, I'm in the world. I go to parties all the time. Like, why would I want to go be a Christian and then just have to go to church all the time? So blind as to where the real celebrating was happening. And so now, being a Christian for 20 plus years, I'm like, well, the parties over here are so much better. They're so much better. I'll take these parties and future parties in the kingdom over the best the world ever had to offer. Okay, so festival, it's a seven-day festival to the Lord. First day, verse 13 of the festival, you must present a burnt offering as a special gift, pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of, hold on, 13 young bulls, two rams, 14 one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. Each of these offerings must be accompanied by a grain offering of choice flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts uh, for each of the 13 bulls. That's a lot, by the way. 13 times 6. That's, that's your, you're like, man, I'm going to go broke in this festival. Um, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. The Lord will take care of it. Four quarts for each of the two rams, two quarts for each of the 14 lambs. You must also sacrifice a male goat as a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering with its accompanying grain offering and liquid offerings. That's just day one. That's just day one. <laughs> you're like, holy cow. And then I gotta keep, I gotta keep killing these goats too because they're sin offerings. And it's like, I didn't know I was that bad of a sinner. And you're like, yeah, you need, actually need more goats, probably. This is God in His grace. And for you and for the goats, right? Because the goats would be wiped out. They'd be extinct if we slaughtered as much as were needed for our sins. Okay? So, day two. Day two of the seven day festival. Sacrifice 12 young bulls, two rams, 14 one year old male lambs, all with no defects. Each of these offerings of the bulls, rams, lambs must be accompanied by its prescribed grain offering and liquid offering. You must also sacrifice a male goat as a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering with its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. Third day of the festival, set or 11, see we're getting a countdown here, 11 young bulls, two rams, 14 one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. Each of these offerings of bulls, rams by its prescribed grain offering and liquid offering. You must also sacrifice the male goat as a sin offering in addition to regular burnt offering, the regular burnt offering, and its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. You've 
have been listening to Bread for the Broken, a radio broadcast ministry of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. Pastor James Grizzle has been teaching through the Book of Numbers. This is one of many messages found at breadforthebroken.com, so if you missed a portion of it today, we hope that you'll take the time to listen to it in its entirety. The website again is breadforthebroken.com. We understand that your minutes are precious to you, and you have other obligations to fulfill. So why not listen on the go through our Facebook live stream? Or better yet, if you're in Galveston, Texas, on business or vacation, why don't you stop in to see what we're all about? If you enjoy a laid-back feel, then this is the place for you. Come worship Jesus while spending time with other believers at one of our two services, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. We'd love to meet you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Do you ever feel like you want to be a part of something bigger, but you're unsure of how or what that is? Here at Bread for the Broken, we want to help everyone find hope and new life in Jesus Christ. So we're curious if you'd team up with us to reach as many as possible. On our website, breadforthebroken.com, there's a place for you to donate to this ministry. We simply ask that you pray about it and follow the Lord's leading, whatever that might be. Thanks again for spending part of your day with us today. Tune in again next time to spend time in God's Word with Pastor James Grizzle here on Bread for the Broken.